LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Group Answers Podcast. I'm Brian Daniel with Chris Surratt. What's up, Brian? Man, it's uh, there's a lot up all the time. Thanks for asking. How about you? What's going on in your life? Uh, it's it, good thanks. We're about to hit Christmas. It's literally when this drops next week. So I know that uh, I will be in the festive mode (laughs) you will be but not necessarily the week before this break is always like the harried week right yes yes it's always craziness i'm one of those i don't know i'm gonna get your opinion and we'll bring lynn on in on this as well when is it okay to start playing christmas music because as of right now we haven't hit thanksgiving and I am anti-Christmas music. Well, hold that thought. Let's bring in Lynn Pryor, who is the editor-in-chief of our Bible Studies for Life line of resources on the adult side. Bible Studies for Life, if I'm not mistaken, Lynn, is used by one million people every week. Is that correct? That's correct. Every week. That's a few people. Yeah, yeah. it's a few. Lynn hails from the great state of Texas. I'll give you guys that much during Go this episode Texas. since it's two to one. Go Texas. Lynn has 25 years of experience of experience either in church staff or developing Bible studies. And Lynn, correct me if I'm wrong, but that uh, goes across different age groups as well, right? I was about 18 years in the student area, and then the last, uh, what is that, uh, seven years I've been here in the adult arena. I thought you'd been in the adult area longer than that. No, I had to hang up my rubber chicken about <laughs> seven, eight years ago. <laughs> All right, to Chris's question, when is it too early to play Christmas music? What do you think, Lynn? I think it's Thanksgiving Day. The day after Thanksgiving, it's fine. But I don't want to hear it before not at all. But but Thanksgiving Day, you're fine with it. No, the day after day Thanksgiving. Day after, which we would call Black Friday these right. days. <laughs> right. The day, the day after Thanksgiving. I don't know. So Karen and I, my wife and I were walking last night, and um, we noticed that people already had Christmas trees up, had Christmas trees up like two weeks before Thanksgiving, and a lot of the houses are already decorated. And Karen made the point. She said... Friend of the show, by the way, Karen said, those people are going to be sick of that by the time Christmas gets here. That was her point. That's my thing. I'm not a Christmas music hater. I'm not a decoration hater. I just think a month or 25, actually it's a month because you don't take it down until after New Year's, is enough time. You want to still enjoy it by the time you get to Christmas. And if you're doing this stuff, you know, mid-November, which some of our neighbors have done, I just think it's too much. Right, and they tend to play the same songs over and over again on the radio. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, now we have stations that that's all they do is play Christmas music for the whole month. So you've got that. And uh, I just think, and there's only so many songs. You're right, Lynn. That's a good point. And I don't want to belabor the issue, which means I'm going to. Which means you're going you're to go ahead and do that. <laughs> but is it different, like, because, like, we shop at Kroger, which I don't know where all of our listenership is, but Kroger's the big grocery store, um, one of them around here, and they have the best playlist. I mean, Kroger plays the best. I mean, it's like they know me when I walk in the door. But the, if, if I go into, like, a public place and there's Christmas music playing early, 
It, it does. It's just festive. I don't get tired of that so much. Really? But on the radio or at home, if people play ambient music at home, I think that would be a little over overwhelming. So we were in a store. I don't remember which store it was, but we were in a store a couple of weeks ago. So this was the beginning of November, and they were already playing Christmas music in the store. And I think there's there's a mental thing about it makes you want to buy stuff, I guess, if you're hearing Christmas music. So Ooh. you think gifts, I should go ahead and buy things. So I know why they're doing it. But it just made me angry, and I had to leave the store as quickly as possible. It just brings out the Grinch in me. <laughs> yeah. And that's hard to do with you. Man. You're right. <laughs> well, send us your thoughts on that. <laughs> you could tweet us. You could make a comment on there and tell us what you think because it's that debate, but also like what is a what, what whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not also a debate. Oh, oh, let's get into that. But we are, maybe another time, <laughs> but we are in the, uh, the last episode of Volume 1 of the story behind the study, and that's why we have Lynn Pryor, Editor-in-Chief of Bible Studies for Life here today, and we're going to be talking about a specific release in the BSFL which is we call it internally uh, schedule. So, Chris, yes, what's what's happening? Uh, I'm so excited about this. If you haven't listened to the uh, first two episodes of Volume One, does that mean there's going to be Volume Two? <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> okay. You don't have Volume One without Volume Two. That's true. So now we got to start <laughs> thinking about that. But this is the last episode of Volume One. But uh, we are looking at the making of a Bible study because there are. You know, a lot of Bible studies that are out there. If you're in a group or lead a group, you've probably experienced a Bible study. So we thought it'd be interesting to look at kind of how the sausage is made behind the curtain, if you will, how, you know, authors are chosen and topics are chosen. And so the first two, we uh, got to talk to our friend Joel Polk about kind of what we term as a short-term study, which is usually around six to eight weeks, standalone um, you know, studies. And so we took a look at a couple of those. And this one's going to be a little bit different because it's more what we term inside an ongoing type of study where it's quarterly. Is that correct, Lynn? It, it, every Sunday, every week, there's a Bible study. Right. And, Rain or shine. But we change seasons, so you'll right. have a winter, you know. The winter issues, winter spring issues, issue. spring issues, you know, that kind of a deal. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a church can sign up, and it's basically it's a subscri subscription model where you just continue to get your Bible studies, and, you know, you don't have to go out and choose a new one or look for a title. It just comes to you, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Right. And Chris, one of the things that's part of that is with a short-term study, as the, as the leader of the church, the leader of the small group, you go in there and you choose based on the needs of your group. Ongoing, people who use an ongoing curriculum, there's a sense of trust. But behind that is we're not just picking random studies. Uh, there is a, a, a scope and sequence to it. There is a study plan behind it. And uh, we do want to talk about one particular study today. But if it's all right, Chris, let, let's kind of look at the – I want to back the train up a little bit and see how we get to those studies because it's important for people to understand with ongoing curriculum, how do we choose week in and week out. Chris, one thing I think we need to see is there is a difference between ongoing curriculum and what we typically do with a, with a short-term small group study because the beauty is a small group leader gets to choose the studies. Uh, what I'm going to do this uh, six weeks, what I'm going to do for the, for a, uh, in the uh, spring – what we do with ongoing curriculum is people trust us to have something week in and week out available to them. But behind that, we have a specific, a very intentional study plan, so it's not just random studies every six weeks. 
now, I understand you guys have talked to Michael Kelly. Y'all have talked about the discipleship pathway in the past. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a while, so a refresher would be great. Okay, well, it really grows out of this uh, research that LifeWay Research did. And in the process of looking how what happens, <clears throat> excuse me, with discipleship, we realized in the process of talking to churches and individuals, we kind of identified eight markers that showed if these markers were evident in a mature believer's life. Uh, things like they exercise faith, they uh, engage with Scripture, they, they serve God, or, or they serve others, they, they uh, you know, relate. So there's eight, eight of them that are specific. And so we have built our studies and Bible studies for life around those eight signposts of discipleship. So every year, uh, through, through a year, uh, we have uh, eight, eight studies, uh, each one six weeks long. Hey, that gets us through the year. It's great. But what we do with that is uh, as we get ready to look at our study plan, we contact churches. And not just a few churches. Uh, I think last year it was something like 15,000 churches were contacted with a simple question. What is it people in your church are asking about? What are the issues they're facing? What are the questions they're dealing with? And now of those 15,000, you know how surveys go, we don't get near that number back. Right. But we do get a good sampling of, from pastors and church leaders telling us, see, these are the questions, these are the issues, and these are the Bible topics they, they're interested in. Hmm. So we take those, uh, that information, that data from those churches, and we put it up against the discipleship plan, the the. the eight markers. Mm-hmm. And out of that, we begin to identify studies that help us to learn how to, to exercise faith, uh, studies that help us to realize we need to live unashamed lives. And so that's how our study plan grows. One of those was exercise faith that came up was a need to understand how to defend my faith. And that really gets us to the study I want to talk about today. Uh, no, that's, that's very interesting. So how different is Bible Saves for Life. There's a couple other kind of ongoing brands, we would call it. One is Explore the Bible. The other one is the Gospel Project. So what sets Bible Studies for Life separate or apart from those other two ongoing? Well, just just for clarification, the Gospel Project walks you through the, the Bible in two years chronologically through the Bible. Explore the Bible, um, their plan is they're going to go through the Bible books, not necessarily chronologically, but they will uh, spend a quarter, Old Testament, then in the New Testament, back and forth. Bible studies for life, by contrast, some people think it's a topical study because, well, we're going to spend a week on the topic of defending your faith. What drives it is this discipleship model. Hmm. That is our driving point. We want to make sure that if you stay with Bible Studies for Life over the year, you're going to get a balanced diet of helping those in your church to uh, these eight areas of discipleship. The next year, we're going to go right through those eight again from a different perspective, looking at different passages, different issues that are going to help us, uh, for instance, learn how to exercise faith. That, in, in a nutshell, is the uniqueness of it. So, Lynn, you've referred to these uh, these markers a couple of times now, and I think uh, it would be helpful maybe to mention these. They are obey God and deny self, seek God, share Christ, exercise faith, engage with Scripture, build relationships, live unashamed, serve God and others. And these, like you said, they emerge out of this uh uh, a research project that LifeWay Research did. It's been a couple of years now. So out of that research and the number one marker of 
uh, of a what a growing disciple is Bible engagement, and this is the method by which we sure. Bible Studies for Life has organized that. And 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 Brian, to that point, they're not in any specific order. Uh, well, right. which one of these should I start with first? Well, it doesn't matter. The key we're looking for is balanced. Make sure you hit and address each one of these uh, so they become mature disciples. But it does make sense that Bible engagement would really be the first one because it shows or the research shows that if they engage their Bible, they're more likely to do the rest of them. Right. And, yeah. and the fun, fun part of this is we can't do a Bible study on any of these without it being also Bible engagement. So there's a lot of overlap with some of these. Yeah. So and like we've talked on the show many, many times, this is, this is about intentionality. This <laughs> is about Lynn and the team, when they develop resources, they have these eight, when you look at any given year or scope and sequence, these are the eight jumping off points. That's right. So Lynn, you, you talked about there's one specific study that we want to highlight. Uh, which one is that? And kind of give the background on how this study came to be. Well, this is a study, uh, the study right for it's called Answers to Tough Questions, Defending What You Believe. Okay, so which one of the markers does it fall under? Well, it has an element of exercising faith, but we realize it is really strong in the area of sharing Christ. And uh, so we realized that part of the data from the church says that people struggle with how do I defend what I believe. And uh, so that's where this study grew from. Now, the fun part was for a six-week study, what topics do we address? What questions do we hit upon? So in the development of the outlines and the framework for this, kind of had to narrow it down to talk about, well, is there a God? Is there absolute truth? Um, is Jesus really the Son of God? The questions like that. So we identified six studies that we wanted to do. And that was really hard to choose. Now, there was uh, another study that we don't talk about in this, but it's a powerful question. It's, if, God, if there is a God, why does he allow suffering? Now, the reason I mentioned that one, why is it not part of the study, that's such a strong study that in our ongoing curriculum, we developed a whole series around that question. So after, in the ongoing world, after we study answers to tough questions, we have a follow-up study that's seven weeks uh, when life gets hard, the big questions about pain and suffering. So it kind of goes along with the same idea there. Now, when we got the outlines together and we had the study in place, the, the, the question was, oh, who, who is going to write this? Two names came to mind real quick. All right, so let me just be sure I'm understanding. Okay. So you guys, you you don't you don't operate like in a vacuum. You invite uh, contributors to determining these topics, and then I, I think you meet together for a day or a couple of days, come up with the topics, and then you develop the outline. Then you go find the right writer for this topic that's come out. That's correct. That you've had landed on. And what's different about a trade book uh, to go to someone and say, "Hey, we want you to write a trade book on apologetics." There's a lot of freedom that comes with that for them. In curriculum world, there is a the parameters they have to write within. Of course, we've developed the outlines for them to, to, to write too. And it's really not an issue. It's just a little bit of different way of thinking and writing. So with that, we thought of Mary Jo Sharp 
and Jeremiah Johnston. Both of them are just solid thinkers. Jeremiah has been a guest of the show. Yeah, friend of the show. Friend yeah. of the show, <laughs> and, <laughs> as and, we like to say. And Mary Jo Sharp, is, uh, she's a Confident Christianity. Isn't that the name of her organization? Conf- that sounds right. Confident yeah. Christianity. And then Jeremiah is the Christian Thinker Society. Mm-hmm. Both of them are affiliated with Houston Baptist University. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we thought either one of these is going to be great to tackle this. So uh, we did get Jeremiah involved. And uh, as I said, Jeremiah is just a phenomenal thinker in this area. In fact, he gave us so much good material, we, we didn't have room for it all. But he is a, a solid thinker in the area of apologetics. I think it's interesting the way you guys go about it, because what we talked about in the last couple episodes is, is different. You're looking for an author who already has a trade book, already has an idea. Or a message of some kind. Or a message yeah. and a platform, whereas you guys are building the message and then looking for the author. That's right. That's yeah. That's an interesting distinction because I would also point out that with Lynn's team, what they're doing is is almost like a lab to determine what the topics are, to yeah. determine what it is that uh, it's almost like you're sticking your finger into the cultural winds of the church to see what are the questions being asked out in the local church community, and then you are developing outlines that address that, but then going and finding the competent voice that will deliver that content. Yes, and, and some of the studies are easy in a sense of, I can get this pastor, this preacher to do it. There's, uh, but when you get something like apologetics, not just anybody can do that study. So that's why a Mary Jo Sharp or a Jeremiah Johnston are ideal. And thankfully, uh, Mary Jo was not available, but she's going to do something in the spring on the resurrection for us from a, an apologetic viewpoint. But Jeremiah was free to do this, and he was great to work with on this study. He's done several studies for us, hasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, out of Bible Studies for Life, he did the dark side in addition to this one. And right. then uh, we developed one, which is what we talked to him about on the show, was un- uh, Unanswered Questions. Unanswered, uh, oh, gosh. The subtitle is Lasting Answers to Trending Questions. And mm-hmm. he deals with a lot of the things that people don't want to deal with in our world, like mental illness, but then some of the things that are just almost a fancy, like um, the paranormal. Mm. So made for a very interesting study. But to Lynn's point, Jeremiah, who has, what, six children all under the age of six? <laughs> I don't know how they do that. triplets, right? Yeah, right. triplets yeah. and then two more. But he is his background is, with, is in Oxford. So he is Dr. Jeremiah Johnston, and he has actually studied at the University of Oxford in England. So he comes to the resource with a great deal of credibility. In fact, he lends a great deal of credibility to anything that he's associated with. Right. And and, and the beauty is he did not have to go, well, I need to go do some research on this. He's already done all this research. This This is right in his wheelhouse to talk about, is there a God? How do we know? And so it was, it was easy for him to write to this. So a lot of our studies, the ones we talked about the last couple weeks, have videos to go along with them. This one doesn't, though. Is that correct? Yes and no. In the ongoing world, uh, we have Jeremiah's six-week study. Uh, it's in our book. Uh, but we this was such a strong study, we also released it as a short-term small group edition. Okay. And Brian, you were part of that project where we did bring Jeremiah in and shoot video that goes with the small group edition. So if you're more of a Sunday school-based model, you can use the ongoing uh, version, or if you do more small groups, home base, there's there's that for you. That's or, great. or if you just want the benefit of the videos with yeah. Jeremiah. And I think those are in the neighborhood of 10 minutes. Oh, that's great. Which is great discipline for Jeremiah because, like Lynn is saying, he could talk 
as long as you wanted him to on any of these topics. Yeah. And so for him to come in and be prepared to have uh, uh, have gotten that into that time frame, it's it's just really rich content, very affordable too. And what he does on the videos, he kind of gives an overview in, in ten minutes of what he has written in the book. Uh, and the beauty is that allows now we've watched the video. Now, as a small group, we can talk it through. It allows a lot of time for the facilitator of the small group to lead a discussion about the study. Yeah, I love videos that are 15 minutes or less because that gives you more discussion time. Um, there's some good ones that can go 20, 30 minutes. I think Rabbi Zacharias's tend to go 20, 30 minutes, and that's okay. But if you can keep it kind of that 10 to 15, that helps that small group leader a lot. Now, with the uh, kind of ongoing version, it's in the Dis- Daily Discipleship Guide. Can you talk a little bit about how that helps and what that looks like? Sure. Uh, yeah, Chris, we have a lot of versions of this exact same study. One is their personal study guides. You can read it before you meet with a group. You can read it afterwards. It really doesn't matter. Uh, but we also have one that's called the Daily Discipleship Guide. Now, it's, it's, re- it's the same content that Jeremiah wrote, but it's formatted differently. The idea is that we come together as a group. We talk about this study on this particular session on Is There a God? When our, when our group time is over, now I go home, and with my daily discipleship guide, I'm going to spend five days in devotional reading. It's using Jeremiah's content with some, lead, with some questions, reflective questions for me to think that through. Based on what we talked about in our group, and now I'm reading Jeremiah's content it makes me think it through on a five-day process. It's a really great way to stretch the study out and think about it all week. Hmm. And are there some uh, additional materials for churches if they want to promote it, things like that on the website? Yes. Uh, at BibleStudiesForLife.com, there is a section at the top. It's just labeled Extras. And it's free teaching helps for, for folks, uh, for the leaders, uh, for adults. And there's actually some for kids and students. But when you go to that site, you'll also see a place for videos. Hmm. We have a 60-second promotional video uh, just to promote the study. And the idea is you can show it during uh, a church service. Uh, you're free to use it on social media, distribute it whatever way you want. 60 seconds to, in, to entice people's interest in studying this. So before we wrap up, Part three of volume one of final the <laughs> final of the story behind the study. I think it's really cool how you and the team, Lynn, go about the business of developing questions for these resources. It's something you haven't talked about, but I know writing questions, Chris, we've had actual shows on writing good questions on the Group Answers podcast. That is something that I think a lot of people out there don't truly appreciate the art or craft of the right question. So I know that you guys go about it probably different than other teams. I am sure that you give more time to this and more attention to this than most Bible studies are available to groups. Most people think a discussion question is, well, what was the word Paul used in verse 12? You know, there's more knowledge-based questions, but it's hard to write a good discussion question. But we shoot for a question that gets them to discuss, not just answer it, but gets them... You have, Chris, you have a response, and what you say once triggers a response in me, and we begin to talk. So we actually contact several people outside the Lifeway building, uh, church leaders, church pra- uh, practitioners, and we ask them to, to uh, suggest questions. And we, we, we give them Jeremiah's studies to look at. 
And we will end up at a table with anywhere from 80 to 100 questions. And we sit in a room, and for about an hour and a half, by the time we're through, we have eight questions. Who is we? We is the whole uh, Bible Studies for Life editorial team. And uh, now with that, we it's it's our studies are built around five questions, but we provide three alternates because some people just want to ask a different question. But the questions are designed for get us into talking together. So you whittle it down from a hundred questions to eight questions. Mm-hmm. That's right. Wow. And and it's a lot of wordsmithing. Sometimes just the right turn of a phrase yeah. makes all the difference. And whether it's a discussion question or just a short answer question. Hmm. I've been in those meetings, and it's remarkable the kind of process they go through in vetting to get those questions down. And that, that is not a trivial thing. If it is a discussion-based Bible study, the appropriate level of attention needs to be given to the very tool that is designed to uh, provoke uh, a robust Bible study discussion. Yeah. And that's what this team does. Yeah. yeah, let me just be honest. There's a lot of folks out there who teach a class. is how they were taught. They, they literally teach the class. They just lecture. Yeah, we call that the master teacher format. That's probably not unfamiliar to a lot of people. Right. Out there. And, and if, nothing I, wrong with that. if I just want right. to listen to someone talk for 45 minutes to me, never ask me a question. You know, I can, there's YouTube videos I could watch. But the beauty, what we, what we strive for is, now someone has to facilitate the group so, to, to provide some biblical content, but we want them talking, mm-hmm. engaging with the scripture and interacting together. To me, that's how I grow as a believer. And Chris, there's a fine line. I mean, you've led enough groups to know this. There's a fine line between just getting people talking, yeah. which is not that hard to do, yeah. and getting people focused and talking that's going to take the group in a transformational direction guided by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Now, I love the intentionality behind it because that's... You know, the facilitator, the facilitation can go a lot of different directions. And, you know, I talk to some group leaders that just say, what is your opinion about this text? And it can go a lot of places that we're not prepared to to answer. And so the fact that you guys spend that much time to help direct the leader to get to a finish line, which is the application of the text. How do we live this out in our lives? How do we take this and, and live it this week? That's where you want to get to, and that's why it's important to have curriculum that does that in an intentional way. You're right. That's why we call it Bible Studies for Life. It's to connect with where you live. Can you sing the theme song? Uh, no, no I, I don't have the license with me. It allows me to do that. No, that's a, but it's a great song. Well played. It's a great song. <laughs> It's internal. It's, it's a joke. But, but I've, it's, it's hard to dance to, though. It is. I would give it a, a seven on the dance scale. Yeah. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Chris. Uh, that's going to. I like that segue from singing to rap. Thank you. That's <laughs> going to wrap it up for this episode of the Group Answers podcast. Um, Chris. Yes. The leadership. Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network seems like a thing. Yeah, we're a part of that. We love being a part of it. And just to let you know about another podcast that is also on the network, it's called New Churches Q&A. It's hosted by Daniel M., Ed Stetzer, and Todd Atkins. And they've recently covered topics like how to make your leadership pipeline relational, how do I attract and engage new people, and growing your congregation deeper. So just look up New Churches, two words, on your favorite podcasting app and subscribe today. And speaking of subscribing. Yes, we would love it if you would go to wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe to the show. That really helps us. That just helps us. And also, if there's a place to make a uh, leave a comment, we would encourage you to do that and rate us. But 
But no, you can rate us however you want. I started to go Chris into that whole thing about we don't want negative stuff. No, just, but we really do want that. We want to hear us. from you. That's just right. Rate us. Just yeah. rate us and subscribe to us. And we'd love to hear from you. And that will inform future show discussions. Yeah. And so, something exciting. We are going to soon be on Spotify. So, so this is news? Yes, this is. Why do we put this at the top of the show? I don't know, but this is breaking news right now. If you like Spotify, that's what I use to listen to music. Uh, this podcast will soon be available on that format. Now, on uh, the new church's Q&A, I know Daniel M. I know Todd Atkins. Who is Ed? Uh, who's that? Steve Stetzer? Yeah, I, I don't know. He used to, <laughs> he used to sure. hang out in the building. That's all I know. <laughs> Let's well, wrap it up for this episode of the Group Answers Podcast Show. Thank you for hanging in there with us. Look forward to being with you again.